welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. It's going to be an amazing night. It's been an amazing week. I'll tell you what, this is, if Mama calls in tonight, you can ask her. I called Mama Oladeji, my Mama, <laughs> and talked to her today. And we were sitting there chatting, and, and she asked me something about um, doing the show tonight. And it's like, Mama, it's only Tuesday. And she says, no, it's Thursday. I swear to God, I woke up this. I even have, like, my little pill bottle that I take in the morning. And I, if you look at it, it says Tuesday. So I swore it was Tuesday. And, and I was going to take off. I was going to take off with my dog and go wandering today. That would have been horrible. You guys would have been sitting here saying, well, where in the hell is Nyla? <laughs> uh, but it's been a really fun week. I have to tell you this. I have to nerd out for a minute, guys, because this is so cool. For me, it's really cool. So a lot of you guys know that I'm really into paleontology, right? And I got an early birthday present this year. And... I got this, it's a, uh, it's like, a, it's a USB microscope that's hooked up to a screen, kind of like a, a laptop microscope, right? So anything that I look at through the microscope, it's blown up really big on the screen, and I can take pictures of it, or I can take videos by moving the little, you know, I can take a video and move the piece around and show different things, but it is so cool. I've been so nerding out on this thing. <laughs> ever since I got it this week. And, I mean, it's so good that I can, like, do a close-up and see the barbs or see the teeth on the barbs of a, at the end, a little barb at the end of a stinger on a bee when they sting you that makes it stay in. I can see the teeth on the barb on the stinger. That's how close-up this gets. Uh, so I, on my on my 58-million-year-old wasp fossil that I found. So I was able to look at the teeth on it. It's just weird. It's crazy. It's it's so awesome. Whatever you know, and I know I'm really a nerd, but whatever it is that you do, every whatever it is that you love, you've got to feed that in you. You know, it really keeps that joy when you do something that you really like and makes you happy. And for me, it's looking at dead things. Um, <laughs> but when you do that, it really feeds you. It, it makes you happy. It makes you feel whole. It makes you feel grounded. Everything else that you do during the day are things you have to do to breathe the next day. But those moments you take for yourself, those are the things that you need to do to live the next day. That was quite profound, wasn't it? Somebody write that down for me. All right, so we have a fantastic show coming up tonight. I want to make sure that you have the number to call in if you would like to call in. It is 646-595-3965. 646-595-3965. Okay. Some announcements real quick. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can shoot me a message on Facebook. It will probably be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts, it's Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And you can uh, let me know what you let me know what you want to do, what you want to put together. Your workshops can be anywhere from a half an hour to three hours long. We can you can pre-record them on the computer and send them to me. 
you can pre-record them with me, and I can like do an introduction to you, and then you can do your workshop. Or we can do a combination of both. So we could play the pre-recorded part at the beginning of the show, and then after the workshop part's over, we can come live and field questions, talk to people, and stuff like that live after the workshop portion. So whatever it is you want to put together. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. We all have something in, to, to teach, and we all have something to learn. Okay, and even if it's something you don't know about, like say I always wanted, I like haiku poetry, but I only know one form. So I'm going to learn another nine, and I'm going to come learning with you. And we are going to learn ten different forms of haiku poetry. We're going to do a workshop on it. And I'm learning it right along with you, going through the process and everything like that. So it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever interests you, whatever you want to do, let me know. We'll get that set up. Next thing, very important thing. I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors for our 2021 broadcasting season. Those of you who stepped up to the plate and helped contribute towards uh, the fees for our broadcasting license for the year. And it's really important to make sure that they get recognized. There's a whole bunch of them. My heart just swelled this year. And I've got a whole bunch of stuff to go through, uh, get through before we get to the open mic portion of the show. So I'm not going to do it today, but one of these times I'm going to talk about some of the things that make this list so amazing, besides each and every one of you. All right, so I want to thank our sponsors. We have Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darling Akun, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, <laughs> Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope, and in the memory of Sherry Rose, Ray Neighbor, Charles Banks, Glenn Still, and Rick Smith. So there you go. What did I forget? I think that's it. Okay, so it's our sponsors. Thank you guys on behalf of all of us and the whole community. You know, it really was a group effort to get to where we are right now with our with our show. And uh, it makes me very proud to be a part of this with you guys. So love our sponsors. Tell them thank yous when you see them because they are why we are here. All right. Now, let me shove and stuff. Get it out of my, get out of my way. I don't, I don't want this in my way right now. Ah. There we go. Okay. So we are going to do our inspiration from the Inkwell workshop portion of the show. So pull out your notebooks and your pens or your journals. I'm going to go through these and kind of do it fairly quickly if I can, making sure I hit everything. Go ahead and write down what you can. If you miss anything, don't worry about it. You can come back after the show is over and listen to the podcast archive, and you'll be able to start and stop and write down these at your leisure. If you're sitting around some night and you don't know what to write, just pop over, listen to the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, and you'll be off and running. Okay. 
So the first thing that I'm going to give you is your journal assignment. You know, and remember that these are not meant to create great works of art. In fact, they are designed to make you write like crap. It's just writing. It's something called writer's discipline. There is no such thing as writer's block. So writer's discipline is simply sitting down and writing a little bit of something every day. Your pen moves every day. It doesn't matter what it is. So your journal assignments are just meant for that. They're meant for random stuff, random thoughts, and things like that. What I'm going – so don't worry about – when my point is, is when you do this, don't worry about, oh, my gosh, it has to be perfect because it's not. It's just between you and your brain. It's yoga pants time with your muse. So what we've been doing is I really want us to start paying attention to our own voices. And a way of doing that is working on observation lists as, an, as a, a way to draw your attention to these things that inspire you. You know, how many of you, like for me, if I smell fresh cut grass, my toes curl. If I hear a violin or a cello or a deep bass drum or something with a really strong tribal beat to it, especially the violin, that like does something, like sticks its claws in my soul. You know, and if I'm out in the middle of Wyoming on the prairie and, you know, the smell of sweet grass and the wind hits me. Now, these are all things that will stop me things that will make you do a double take. If you listen to those things and you start watching the things that inspire you, the things that you're drawn to, you can start plugging into those in order to feed your muse. Okay, Most of the time we starve our muse so bad that when it does hit it, it just sinks its teeth in our neck and we're done. right? But there's a way to keep your inspiration consistent. And that's just doing things that make you understand where your inspiration comes from. So, all right, what we are doing, observation, observation list, exploring our sources of inspiration. So no matter where you are, what you're doing, you should always pay attention to those things, right? A sound, a smell, visual, feel, you know, a feeling, whatever. Take a moment to figure out what that is, all right? So the things I want you to observe this week, oh, wait a minute, no, I have to do last week's first. Sorry, I forgot where I was. Um, so we're working on our observation list. So last week I had you write down a list of everything you found that was abrasive. As you walked through your week, you kept a list. You started writing down everything you found abrasive. So this week, I want you to free write or write a poem, a short story, whatever you like. Remember, this is just to write. This is, this is journal time. So you'll be using the list that you made of things you found abrasive to explain or describe something that was literally abrasive to endure. Okay. Something that made you feel like sandpaper was lining the inside of your skull. It could be a conversation you had or 
when you overheard a song on the radio, a, a new a news story, you know, a, a video you saw, or something that you read, or even something that you experienced. You know, just write about. Use the things on your list to write about and describe something that was literally abrasive to endure. All right. So this week, I'm going to have you make a list of everything that is fluid. Fluid in structure or in form, in texture, to the sight and its movement and its sound and feel, you know, fluid in emotion or experience, in the motion of the environment moving together or, you know, the colors that move fluently. You know, think large. When you're doing this, when you're looking around for all the things around you that are fluid, understand they don't have to be liquid. It can be the flow of traffic. It can be the ray, the way the red lights are changing to green at right the perfect time, and you just hit that sweet spot. Okay? So really think big when you're going through this. Don't be boxed into the idea that it just has to be something liquid. Anything that you feel or see that's fluid. You know, and it doesn't have to be something peaceful like a stream. Babbles peacefully, you know, it flows quietly. But the ocean in a storm, that's not quiet. But it's still fluid. So that's what I mean and really push your perspective. All right, so observe and write down everything perceived as fluid. And remember in addition to writing down the notes, like say you see the, you know, a stream of traffic, traffic's moving, moving fluidly, you know, write down notes like time of day or are you in the, you know, concrete or what their noises are. Just jot down little things to recreate the scene in your mind when you're writing to it. A lot of times by instead of using just the example, being able to pull from descriptions of the surrounding, you know, using using these notes um, to kind of flesh out the environment or zero in on the emotional impact you want your words to have. You can use the comparison to represent that, but then use the things that surround that comparison to make it have the impact you want it to have. So, for, for example, you could say uh, her response was like a dripping faucet, or something. Uh, all right, or something like um, staring into her face for a reaction was like watching drops of water fall one after another, after another, after another, from a green tarnished faucet hitting the rust stained porcelain blow. Bl- um, yes, rust stained. I lost my train of thought. Rust stained porcelain below, without so much as a cry, in some broken down dive gas station in the middle of Death Valley. Okay. Now I know that was kind of weird, but you get the idea. 
observational notes of your observation are a good thing. All right, so on next Thursday's show, I will give you the topic you will be writing to using all the things you observed this week that are fluid. Now we are going to do your poetry prompts. And remember, prompts are like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into poems. Now, they, the prompt can be the title of the poem, it can be a line in your poem, or it can just be the general concept of your poem. Beyond these guidelines, what you do with them is up to you. So I want you to number your paper, 1 through 12. And number 1 is, you ready? Right, number 1 is the shadow architect. The shadow architect. Number 2, instruction for lighting fire. Instruction for lighting fire. Number three, threadbare pocket. Threadbare pocket. Number four, white flakes of stars. I almost held this one back, you guys, because when, when I thought about that one, instantly I thought about snow. And I thought, oh, well, I'll save that one for winter. And it's that kind of thinking exactly that you don't want to have. That was a not a good choice moment for my head. Because I, I say that and my initial knee-jerk reaction was to think of snow and think, oh, I should put that in the wintertime. But no, it's perfect where it is right now. Because you'll look at that white flakes of stars and now you have to figure out all the things it could be besides snow. All right, number five, who haunts me, or who hunts me down by day? And it's haunts like you're haunted, not hunts like I'm hunting you. What haunts, what haunts me down by day? Number six, the yoke of heaven. The yoke of heaven. Number seven, Tell now of what remains. Tell now of what remains. Number eight. Rain roars kisses. Rain roars kisses. Number nine. The house of musing. It just sounds terrifying. <laughs> the house of musing. Number 10, could you ever have imagined me here? Could you ever have imagined me here? Number 11, and I really like this one. Number 11, behind primeval smiles of silent women. Behind primeval smiles of silent women. And number 12, the breach between words written. The breach between words written. Okay. So remember you can you write a poem to each single prompt. You can write 12 different poems if you want. You can mix and match. You can use like line 1 and line 6 and line 10 and jump up and grab 4 and just mix and match them however you want. Or you can get real froggy and you can write one poem using all 12 prompts. Now, there's a challenge. 
but yeah, whatever you do, they should be either the um, they should be the. I already did that part, right? No, we did that. We didn't do your pick apart prompt. Okay. So writing exercise. Sorry about that. I'm just I I yeah. This is all messed up here. I have notes that I kind of an outline I kind of basically follow, but something happened here that just doesn't make sense. I could I should probably like photograph it and show it to you, and you guys can help me out. <laughs> so those are your writing prompts. Now we are going to do our pick apart prompt writing exercise. The purpose of this exercise is to understand that what we do with the prompt before we write to it is far more important than what we write. This exercise will help us get away from what I was talking about above, writing the typical, the first knee-jerk reaction or direction that a prompt will take you, that it naturally wants to pull you in. It's to swim upriver, swim away from that inspiration, and look for different ones. Okay, so for this exercise, you will be using the 12 poetry prompts I just gave you. And I'll run through those one more time in just a moment. But we're going to be using those 12 poetry prompts in this exercise. From the list, I want you to start on a clean journal page, and I want you to write down the first prompt. Then, I want you to spend a moment pondering each one. Really think about all the things it's saying to you. Then I would like you to make a list of each, at least six different poems. You could write to that one prompt. Explore all the directions you could go with it, all the different meanings it could have, how it um, could be used as a metaphor, how you can twist it and turn it and make it become anything and everything and something. You know, stare at it, slap it, hug it, poke it with a stick. I don't care. Mock through it, explore it. Figure out all the faces it could have, all the poems you could turn it into. When you finish with the first prompt, I want you to move to the next. And then on down the list till you've written at least six ideas for each of the 12 prompts. And I promise you, absolutely promise you, that you cannot do this exercise one time without something along the way grabbing you and you writing something pretty spectacular. I have to figure out some way. But how would I know? You guys could just say that because you want the cool speakeasy notepad, right? We'll figure it out. All right, so once again, these are your 12 prompts. The prompts will you will be using in your Pick Apart a Prompt weekly exercise. And keep in mind when you do write to them, they should either be a title in your poem, a line in your poem, or the general concept of your poem. Number one, the shadow architect. Number two, instruction for lighting fire. Number three, threadbare pocket. Number four, white flakes of stars. Number five, what haunts me down by day. Number six, the yoke of heaven. Seven, tell now of what remains. Number eight, rain roars kisses. Number nine, the House of Musing, 10. Could you ever have imagined me here? 11. Behind primeval smiles of silent women. And lastly, the breach between words written. And there you have it. 
Remember, we're focusing on reading, 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 reading. If you're not reading more than you are writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. Feed your brains. You are what you eat. Applies to what you feed your brain as well. Then the activities that we've been focusing on is every month are in one new poetry form. Remember, it's important to step out of our comfort zones and learn new things, do things that might be uncomfortable. Um, that's where we grow. So poetry forms are one of those places we can all use improvement. And, you know, look at them kind of like word puzzles and have fun playing with them. But tackle new poetry form every single month, even if you're a free verse writer. You know, okay, second, we're writing a haiku every day. We're walking through our day and finding something, anything that's worth 17 syllables. When you see something during the day that just catches you, write it down. Now, I don't care if it's only 15 syllables, you can add a couple more later. But the important thing is to get them written down when they're fresh in your mind. Don't think you'll remember them because you never do. You know you never do. And then you get so mad that you don't. I can't walk across the room and remember a line. It's crazy because you know so badly you want to remember it that your brain just says, oh, yeah, forget it. I'm taking it away. Um, yeah, write a haiku every single day. Find something worth 17 syllables. You know, I think after a while you'll have enough to, to, to um, publish a haiku book. Just one a day. One a day and you're good. All right, so that's it for our workshop portion of the show. We're going to go ahead and get to our live callers. Once again, the number is, if you would like to call in tonight, 646-595-3965. And for those of you on hold already, oh, no, wait, i got to play a track. I forgot. Next thing I got to do is play an audio track. So we always start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you're a recording artist or have something on an MP3 file, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title to thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put audio track, MP3, something like that in the uh, subject line for me and we can get those uploaded to the show and play them for the world. I'm really tickled that one of our sponsors, the beautiful Miss Karen DeWitt, sent me three of them. I have to play with the, uh, play with the format a little bit, and uh, we'll be able to get those uploaded, but I wanted to thank her for sending those in. That was awesome of you, and I look forward to playing them. So, yeah, the track that I'm going to play, <laughs> this one is by... And just because we got a bunch of new ones in from Jimmy, I kind of want to play a couple of them for you guys because you've never heard them. Um, this one is Avatar, and it's Jimmy Ray Davis, Word Machinist. Here you go. The Avatar in Temple Hollow, restless from years of slaughter, blood-stained hands of village sons, defile the celestial daughters. Something's alive in the framework. Black legends on foundry walls. It thirsts insatiable blood hunger. In the cow pens and narrow halls. Come and take a mocking dare. Inebriated, admired in your drink. A fool to attend the horrors. Iron gates bloodletting sink. Believe the essence of blood awakens. Spores of a horrid, wretched beast. One who spies between cracked wood. And who awaits your brain to feast. 
demons live not only in movies, or brimstone planes begot in hell. At times they enter blind humana. If enough fearful blood is spilled. Blood is not the only essence required for evil to come near. Every abattoir has this in common. They're all permeated with fear. Take a drive to Temple Hollow with shotgun friends and prayer. Know if you enter the unholy fray. Doomed you'll be to stay there. Gaze upon the red-brown archway. Sequestered pens of rock oak. Barnway opening splintered maw. Awaits new life to breed a choke. The docks are closed, rusty chained. Where trucks drop meat alive. Steel hook suspended crimson. Blood, death, and fear. Evil thrives. The tale lingers in shadowed walls, as horrific as any told before, of a tough-as-nails foreman and his pretty young daughter, Lenore. Walk these steel catwalk stairs. Can you hear that girl screams? They are trapped in every pore, every bloodstain and bad dream. Lenore was indeed a beautiful child, with hair and oil-painting gold. At twelve, she was built as a woman. And her father, she would often scold. For she hated the slaughterhouse with its cold, unfeeling hooks. When she came to visit her dad, she was a victim of leers and looks. One day when her father didn't come home, she went to the docks to see why. She was led to the basement by old Bill. Amid the blood and death, she cried... The evil that men are capable of stretches like an endless road. And what those men did to Lenore is too unspeakable to be told. Her lifeless and heavily used body was thrown into the waste vat, left to boil with rotting skinned innards. And heavily unsluiced fat. Her father never found her at all and assumed she ran away. He never went back to the abattoir, and died broken, old, and gray. The men who beat and raped that girl paid later for their crimes. Each one died in a bizarre accident. Amid that blood, tripe, and crime. But the evil of their wicked sin has set a demon free to feast. With Lenore's innocent soul at stake, someone must stop the beast. One must go into that basement and dive into that pool of slime and retrieve the blessed angel charm Daddy gave her when she was nine. Then the skeletal arm of her corpse in the hog muck near the rule tree Fit that charm around her wrist. Send her to heaven. Set her soul free. Blood and death await you, friend. But you will be compelled to try. Upon hearing the forgotten screams. That poor little girl cries.
My penance never will be paid. To live I have barely the will. For I led the girl to her slaughter. By name, I'm called Old Bill. I never could have guessed the hell those men would have in mind. I was just following orders. Salvation never be mine. So now I lure in strangers like you and bring you to this wretched place, knowing if you fail and die, you can easily be replaced. I still wander the ends of the earth, searching every alley and hole until I find someone like you. To save Lenore's tortured soul. Watch out for me, the man in black. When I beckon, you will follow. Against all senses and against your will. To the abattoir in Temple Hollow. How many of you guys are, like, really scared right now? Like, seriously? Such an amazing, amazing performer. That was Jimmy Ray Davis, a.k.a. Word Machinist. Now, <laughs> the number to call in if you'd like to call in tonight is 646-595-3965. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading, and it's really important that your name is attached to your work, and it's really important that I can pay attention to you reading and not have to field questions popping up in chat saying, who is this? So very important. Make sure you introduce yourself. Hi, this, hi Nyla, this is me. Okay. Right now you can read two poems. And keep them right around the five-minute marks. And uh, if it changes, the lines get too busy, and we have to switch that back to just one poem, I will let you know. If that happens on your turn, forgive me, and I will make it up to you somehow. (laughs) When you're done reading, make sure to give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to come find you or able to network with you. And then remember that we do have a mature rating. No porn poems. You know, Romantica is awesome and fine, but but no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. You know, don't do do the graphic stuff, and other than that, you're good to go. There's some great shows out there. I just oh, I can't remember the name of it now. I just, See, if I don't write it down, um, a show that, that does a lot of erotica, the hardcore erotica. Very popular show. Um, so there is a place to read that just because of our rating being a mature rating and not an adult rating. You can't read them here. All right, so now I need to let area code 972 know that you are not in the lineup for me to bring you on live. So 972, if you want to come on the air with me, the, you need to press 1, and that will alert me that it's okay to unmute you. If you are here just listening and hanging out, thank you for being here. Oh, there there we got you. Okay, we're all good. So, I'm going to give the first three callers in, let you know kind of where you are. First, as I said, was 731. 
That's going to be followed by 573 and then 575. All right, let's go ahead and grab 731. 731, you're on the air. Hey, it's Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. And, and uh, in all fairness to your flight, if you're thinking today was Tuesday, yesterday I called into the show. Did you really? <laughs> not the first time. <laughs> Not the first time. <laughs> there will I be no shows for the next 24 went. hours. <laughs> there will be no shows for you, and the voice doesn't even speak in that British accent. It's like, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jimmy's demonic voice going, go away. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Excuse anyhow. me. Just so you guys know, I have had a cold. So you're going to hear me, and I have really bad sore throat, so you're going to hear me taking drinks of water during the show. I know it's not professional, but I don't care because we're here just having fun. We don't always do it pretty, but we always do it. So please forgive me if I, like, gurgle in your ear or something. Okay, Michael, go ahead on that beautiful note. Hey, I'm I'm kind of a little raspy, too, so I'll be taking drinks of uh, Pepsi-Cola, so I like burp while I'm eating, so that's got that all out of the way. <laughs> oh, my God, I would pay to hear you burp. I, I'd be awesome. What a um I want that's kinda of freaky, isn't it? My two selections tonight, I'm going to read a poem by Colleen Bruning and I'm gonna riff it. So Colleen Bruning. You can find her on WordPress. She has a WordPress page. And to get to her you spell it C O L L E E N B R E U N I N G W WordPress dot com. It's just a really nice page to put pictures on it, plus it all up, and a lot of people come and visit her. This particular poem, she posted, she's been really busy. She's a very busy person, and she hadn't come back to check her comments, so she didn't see what I wrote in it. So she didn't say, what does this mean? And I'm going to tell you, this is as close to both the body parts as you'll ever see me get, but I'm never going to tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. First, we would like to read... As the Wind Speaks, written by Colleen Bruning. As the Wind Speaks. April sun fades in crimson skies, serenaded by catbird cries. Owl takes refuge in maple tree as the wind speaks softly to me. Thoughts tumble down into the fray at the end of a weary day. Golden moon rises high and free as the wind speaks softly to me. In a trance, dancing by starlight, lips like velvet deep in the night, arms enfold and rock me gently as the wind speaks softly to me. April sun fades in crimson skies as the wind speaks softly to me. And that's a curio sonnet written by Colleen Bruni. She's a master of sonnets. She is. And she wrote that April 30th, 2021. Now, what do you think about her sonnet? She make you very proud. My partner. That was was a beautiful, beautiful piece. And as soon as you said that, I pulled her. (laughs) I pulled her Facebook page up and grabbed her, the link to her. WordPress so I could read along with you. Groovy. And uh, I'm glad Golden Moon Rises High and Free. 
as the wind speaks softly to me. This is absolutely beautiful. You know, I have a thing for the wind, so she had me from hello. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's great. I'm going to what? put... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're going to what? I'm going to put her link into the chat room for you for WordPress. That would be sweet. I appreciate that. And so will she. Absolutely uh, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing her. Anytime. While I was reading it, the cadence of it, for some reason I started hearing Bolero. You know what Bolero is? Where's Bolero? Uh, it's kind of a modern classical piece written by Ravel. And uh, it's uh, referred to as a seduction piece. It was really big in a movie called Ken with Bo Derek and Dudley Moore. I remember there's, that. There's a scene when they're in a uh, rented room and there's a record player and it's playing Ravel's Bolero. So I'm remembering seeing the movie and kind of focused on the record player. And that's... that's uh, that's how this came to be. This is called Grooving by Michael Todd. If what is at stake is risk versus reward, you're up for a healthy dose of play it forward. Your skin in the game is what I just heard. No rest for the wary until 33 and a third. If mention made here is not quite clear, you'll fathom all when coming up for air. Catch you on the flip side when you get back in gear. In form. You are so good at doing that. Getting myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think, isn't that the way, didn't you rip one of my poems? It's the first way you introduced yourself to me. Reading one of your poems? You yeah you long time ago you read one of mine and did a riff to it, isn't that isn't that how we had our introduction was and started talking about you doing that? Could I think be. it was. I've done it before. I've written a lot of poems for you too. Mm-hmm. I wrote one poem for you and copied one of your titles and didn't know you'd written a poem called White Noise. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to explain. Do you know seriously the the uh, poem that you wrote to White Noise? Oh, I, I have I, I printed that out on my computer, and over I believe overlaid it on the picture, and I printed it out on the computer, and I have that on my office wall. I wish I still had that picture. That's the one you, uh, I don't know, in the train car, I looking out the window or wherever it was. It was black and white. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'll post it, it for you. Oh, that would be so sweet. You know what? You know what? Images like that are called Nala. What? Screensavers. <laughs> I was looking at some of the pictures I had on on MySpace. I got pictures of my boobs hanging out and these stupid lace-up tops. What the heck was I thinking? <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, I cannot believe I ever posted that in public. What a little hussy. You did a fantastic job on that poem. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I'm really glad that you shared calling with us. I loved hearing your response to it, and I love you. Thank you kindly. That's You're very welcome. Time. It's time for me to ease on out the door and make room for the next person. 
We will talk to you next week, my love. Thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long. (laughs) Bye-bye, Michael. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 573. 573, you are on the air. Uh, Hello, Nyla. It's Sinister Spittle. How are you? Hey, Sin. I was just thinking about you today. Where are you now? Well, obviously, I sent you an invitation to the show, right? Yes, you did. I, I was glad you did. You like, hmm. Haven't heard from him in a while. See if we yeah. can pull him out of the tracks, right? <laughs> I get worried when I don't hear from you guys. Seriously, with everything that's going on. Yeah, uh, I got my I got my vaccination, so I'm cool. I won't turn into a zombie until next year. <laughs> what do you have for us, baby? I've got a really old one I wrote when I was 16. That'll be the first one. And then the, another one that's a little bit older. And not a little old, not very old. So let's start How with How old uh, were you when you started writing, Sin? 13. I started writing. My grandmother knew that I wrote and I liked poetry and art. And like, because I was a kid, you know, you, you get the opportunity to go to Great America or the San Francisco Art Museum, and I chose the Art Museum. Um, that was a, Do that you know was what a scares me? Think about when we were kids. We didn't have video games and all of these phones and apps and, and TikTok and blah, 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 and, and Reddit. We didn't have those things to occupy our minds 24-7. No. If we stopped doing something, we had to consciously think of the next thing we were going to do. And if there was no next thing, we had to invent a next thing. So we had times to have inward thought and become writers when we were very young, most of us. Yeah. Yeah, my where grandmother are they, gave me Where a, are the writers going to be now? Think about think about the generation we have right now. Where but where they're not, in real, their they're not really writing. They think writing. Are they going to find time to sit and write? Or it just scares me. It really scares me seeing how much time is spent on something backlit. Yeah. If I was doing all that, I wouldn't have started writing. I wouldn't have been doing all that. I would have been, you know, watching these girls turn themselves into hot Viking chicks. Yeah. Instead of letting your mind create create worlds, you know. I don't know. I I, I enjoyed reading art and writing. My grandmother inspired that by giving me a hardbound journal book, and I still have that book to this day. And... uh, I want to see a picture of it. Will you take a picture of it and, and PM it to me? Yeah. yeah I will. I'll take, I'll I take, I'll a, picture take a picture of, of the outside and the inside, and you can see my scribble and some of my drawings. And yeah, I'll take, That I'll, might I'll be kind of cool to do a photo album on your – do that. Do a photo album on your page where um, – make it, you know, my first journal. And then take I've – got, I've got that on, one, on my page, some of my journal pages that I've drawn on and things like that. That would – I would be – I would love seeing that. I love seeing the inside of journals. Inside the mind of Senate. I know. Do it. Do it. Photo album. Do it. Do it. Say okay. All right. Yes. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to take you into the mind of a 16-year-old censor spill. Okay. 
Are you ready? I am. Raped, frozen, and empowered. Walk the peaks to witness snails solemnly buried. There I saw sunlight fade into death's wanton eye. Rode on clouds, changing hues and passing showers. Eyelids on glass smokestack lies so jaded. Inhale the precious toxic gases. Luck caught misery in a time one confides. Caving, I found mortal worries lost in irrelevance. Drifting sleepy visions deep, and you took my wealth. Woke to give in to one more go of needles digging. Strange you indulge, whether your cup half full or plenty. This still sips from my chalice and brush with this fury. Share a smoke, but turn when violently I shook. Here, miracles twitch in aging gyrations that burn cool. Weep as blood invades waters. Bathe with me in passion steeping for oracle forgotten. Love sings untrue, reflected from redundancy, lighted tower. Cable off again, someone forgot to feed the power. Your eyes, sullen, are showing the yellowing of hours. Hours. My heart pounds in anticipation louder. Echoed in corridors, candle burns black silver backs and tethered glow stick, juicing the fruits of snake. Satan's benevolent encounters cathartic. Found ourselves raped in fields of cornstarch spent cotton, tweaking on a lopsided moonrise. I don't have the worth to dig any deeper than the shadows allow. Shuffling among these worms, snails, and mortuary flowers. Drinking the air deep as lung butter on porcelain altars. Catching sideways glimpses of all that has gone amiss. Prance on broken clouds heavy with death of angels. Witnessing trivial acts of unholy sanctions on flyways. Limited now, the low and worth martyr themselves anxiously. Drunk from drinking deep, the flesh torn by rusty nail. Enter my body vigorously through moments, not hours. Lay with me in fields of spray-painted pragmatic posies. The eclipse to come will reinvent lost sermons wasted. Stone the notions of social reform to engage and devour. I'm freeze-frame lunacy, and death I am empowered. Slumped over steering wheels, heartbeat chasing, seconds I was raped with courage and displaced, gurgling in the lulls of timulence as life is fading in peace. Wow, that was at 16? Yeah. That's freaking crazy. When you look back yeah. at, at that that you read, or that you wrote when you were 16, what do you think about it? Uh, I think it's brilliant, personally. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's, it's imaginative. It's, it's, it's everything a poem should be. Very deep. A lot of, a lot of insight and clarity yeah. is visible in that. Fantastic job, baby. Oh, so if I have time, I have another one for you. Mm-hmm. And it's from that long-awaited if I ever publish a book that I wrote two years ago. Um, this is, and so it is. This little point to the trivial redundancy dribbles 
sputtered inside rotating idiocracy. How's the ledge not going to be slippery now? It may not be raining, but damn, it's wet out. I can't find shelter in open wounds of wrong. No bandage can hinder the flood of my errant ways. Siren should heed warning to storm unleash this eccentric, overzealous, debutante upstart. These distances are voids no arms can fathom to trace. You whisper need that breaks and chasms deeply unrelenting. Interlock these failures with harsh overtures. Blame is abundant on shores far and wide. My tide withdrew in the places absent of life. Out in the further, there's just vibrations of what's past. I feed on essence of catastrophe tap. Drunken, short breath, missing my own dying. Your lighthouse, dark mystic, running bad mojo in waves. Need is festering cancer to devour all souls. I'm not floating in the quicksand we're facing, extinguishing my resilience under cracks and folds. This afterbirth of growing hate so cold, once hurt the passion, sees love's warmth fading. Cracked on the carousel, a limp horse dreams are chasing. Distorted sounds, once known merriment, can't recoil fate. I'm beyond adjacent to severing this misery and pain. Want to die in moments I'm cast thoughtless on cutscenes. Time was virtue, but recently even seconds are obscene. Gutted and chained, eyes wide shut to this matinee. Reason may one day boil over this kettle scorched black. One hopes to see the heat sanitize what's gone off track. I, though, am losing chance and preoccupying what's to be. Shadows are enveloping the sky as thunder burst over you and I. And so it is. It's meant to be. In peace. That was intense. Awesome, baby. That was what I needed. <laughs> Feel better now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Thank you for the platform. You're very welcome. You're very welcome, honey. All right, so. Tell everyone how to find you, babe. Find Sinister Spittle, S-P-I-T-A-L, on Facebook, on Instagram. and I don't do a lot, but I post things from now to time to time. And there's a backlog of poetry on my Facebook page you can read. Uh, there's stuff on WordPress. I mean, just Google that shit. You know, I'm everywhere. And <laughs> nowhere. Everywhere and nowhere. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job. I am so glad that you uh, made time to be here tonight. Miss you when uh, you're not around. I'm glad I did too. Thank you. It, was, it meant more to me than you. Trust me, that was the release I needed. It's like a it's like a drug, you know what I mean? Sometimes I can hear it in your voice. Mhm. Have to let it go, and I needed I needed that badly. So thank you. You're very, very welcome. And we will see you next week, hopefully. I will try. All right, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, Nyla. Bye. All right. So our next caller...
comes from area code. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, come on. All right, our next caller comes from area code 575. Then we're going to be taking 240 and 219. So seven or 575, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Levi Miracle from Tucumcari, New Mexico. Hello, my darling. How are you? I'm you know, I just have good. to say this. You're cute as a bug's butt. I'm what? <laughs> cute as a bug's butt. I went over and was looking at your page the other, and started trolling through. You know, I wanted to kind of see what was going on and how you were and so yeah. I hadn't heard from you. And, and then I started trolling <laughs> your pictures. And you got some awesome pictures. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like I'm I like to think of myself as an amateur photographer. I've I have a couple I know you do photography and I've looked at up some of your work and your work is amazing. But Thank I you. I like to dabble in photography a little bit, so I'm hopefully gonna get a better camera pretty soon, so that'll help. You know what? And and this is kind of a a good lesson on being creative in the first place. Mhm. Okay. There is, I've, I've always, I wasn't doing photography professionally at the time, and mm-hmm. I've always just took them because for me it was kind of like writing. And all I had was a little point-and-shoot, you know, the little point-and-shoot cameras, right? Yeah. Not even the, the fancy ones, but, you know, like a little Kodak point-and-shoot you carry around in your shirt pocket. Yeah. And But that's the camera I used, and I went around, you know, taking pictures and doing things, and there's a picture I have of a doll, on a pair, on a, on the stairs. Yeah. And I saw it the other that, day. That was that one first place in uh the black and gray art exhibit yep. in when I exhibited it and it was also one that was chosen to exhibit in uh in an art show gallery uh event. Mhm. I took that with my stupid little point and shoot. Are you serious? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah, like a little, the- you know, a little $28 point and shoot. Yeah. And it is every bit as good as any I've taken with my professional camera. It's just you have to have the eye and you have to have, you know, the right moment. And, yeah, you, you captured it, so that was awesome. Exactly. So don't wait until you get another camera. Just go out there and take some pictures. Yeah. I like I like to do, like, um, weird kind of, like, abstract photography. You know, I like to do, uh, oh, I don't what would you call it, like, I just take objects and I put them together and then uh, abstract. Snap abstract, yeah. Just take really cool pictures. I've got I've gotten several published, not in big magazines, just like little little magazines. But um, I've gotten several published, and so I, I love taking for photo- uh, pictures. So I, I'm I'm gonna do more. <laughs> so your homework for the week is to take a picture every single day of something and PM mm-hmm. it to me. Okay. I don't care if it's <laughs> the lock on the toilet paper roll at your office. <laughs> okay. It just cracked me up. Yeah, every right, single right. day this week I want you to send me a picture. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so what do you have for us, dear darling? I have an old one and a new one. Everybody's oh, this, been doing this. that tonight. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I like this one, this old one. It was published back in, like, I don't know, 2016, I think, in Quell Bell Magazine. And it's a really cool little magazine. Check it out sometime. It's It has really cool content and stuff. So um, this one's called, it's kind of humorous kind of poem. So um, let's see. A Misconception Between Muscle and My Faith. Father threw his tongue at the television set, hoping his slanderous insults would stick. Men pretending to fight in cages, wearing diapers, how stupid can we get? You see, my father was a Bible thumper. A praise the Lord, curse and you're going to burn, believe what I believe or learn kind of preacher. Bleeding the gospel dry for every drop of salvation he could get because he needed to believe. Well, I believed in what I could see. To me at that point, God was a fictional character, a storybook pawn, if you will. My heroes were superhuman, a visual component of muscle. Jesus was a slim fisherman. I would have put God in the ring against Foley or Hogan any day, just to watch entertainment win over glory, to remake my idea of righteousness. Oh, and of course, to see God shirtless. That was my envisioned American dream. In peace. <laughs> uh, that that last line just absolutely nailed the piece. That was incredible. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love this piece. I wrote it a long time ago, and and it, it, I I think when I sent I sent it to two places. First one rejected it, and the second one accepted it. So it, it got published pretty new in its life, you know. Do you ever um the when I post the things for uh journals that are doing submissions, do you ever submit to any of those? Uh, to what now? Uh, you do what? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> do what to who under whose porch for how many questions? Right, right. <laughs> um the when I every uh, every week or so I will pub, uh-huh. or I'll post a whole bunch of journals that are accepting submissions. No, I, I guess I didn't know you did that. I you visit your that, page so. quite often, but I guess I didn't see that. Well, if you if I'm going to be posting some more this week, but there were some from last time, last time I did it that I won't be posting. So, but they should be pretty relevant as far as submission dates. So, you okay. know, you just scroll backwards on my page to find it. Yeah, because I I submit stuff all the time. I'm always submitting, writing, and submitting. So. Um, yeah, I would really appreciate that, and I will definitely uh, look some of those up. Very cool. Was that oh, one My or two? second piece. Okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to run you over there. <laughs> uh, my second piece is called Ode to White Boys and the Shooting Stars They Wish Upon. And this is brand new. <clears throat> This is dedicated to the unjustification of every black life lost to police shootings. I wish, I wish I could cut out the tongue from bigotry's mouth 
Hold it up to the villages of eyes. Watch as the villagers finally uncork the hatred from their ears, uncrucify themselves from the burning crosses on the sacred ground of history. You see, I count stars much like I count bullet holes from black boy bellies. I throw up wishes into the air much like black boys throw up their arms screaming to the cops, please don't shoot me, please don't kill me. Please, don't squeeze the trigger. Please, please, just please, don't do it, please. While this white man pleads for a different kind of wish. While on my knees praying to the stars as if God answers prayers that way. While black and brown people are dying by the thousands. Every single day I shoot up my wishes to the shooting stars in the sky. Wishes that mean nothing. Wishes that are white boy privileged. Wishes that the heavens will never grant. Yet my black brothers and sisters are wishing to the same stars, but they are not wishing for the same things. They are wishing for the gun to be holstered. They are wishing that bullets never exit the chamber. They are wishing that tongues wouldn't spew the hatred they've heard for hundreds and hundreds of years. They are wishing that white sheets would just remain bedding. You see, hate has been branded into our society like a prize steer. It hasn't yet been ta- uh, yet as much as we hate it. It hasn't yet been taken to the slaughterhouse. This is their reality. This is their world. It isn't ours. Our white skin comes with a pass. We wear it much like a presidential pardon, excusing the hatred, excusing the fear. Our skin is much like the white padded walls of an asylum. And no matter how many times we bounce from side to side, we always remain unharmed. This is what white boys do. This is who white boys are. We pretend everything is normal, but we have no fucking clue how they feel. My white skin gives me the right to wish upon stars, yet I don't need to feel fear every time I see a police officer. They don't tell me to reach for the heavens while their gun is pointed at my head. My skin is a wish granted in the sense I can walk life streets and not feel fear that a cop is going to end it. I don't need to scream, please, please don't shoot me. Please don't kill me. Please don't pull the trigger. Please, just please don't do it, please. You see, I want to cut out the heart from bigotry's chest and place it in a jar. I want to wish to every shooting star in the sky while hoping and dreaming that there will be no more screams in the night pleading for their lives. And every time, every time, every single time I see the heart pulsate in that jar, I will cry while crawling to my knees, pleading that white hate will flicker away like a shooting star. And I'll pause and I'll say, Please, please, no more death in peace. It, it, just the whole exasperated feel. Yeah. That that was that you could just feel throughout. I mean, it's like that. You know, you just look around and look at all the crap going on in the world and all this stuff that's happening, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, how much more evil can one human being do to another? You know, I know. enough people just live a life. You know, 
Yeah, it's, it's just tragic how much hate people have in their hearts. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't understand it personally, but, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me either. Yeah. I thought it was an awesome piece, hon. Thank you very much. Um, you can uh, find me on uh, Facebook under the Poetry and Writings of Levi J. Miracle. That's L-E-V-I-J-M-E-R-I-C-L-E. Um, I'm on the Poets and Writers database. You can find my stuff. I just recently published a little flash fiction piece that I've read on your show before, and it just got published in a little word sign or magazine type thing. And then, um, yeah, you can find me different places on the web. And I'm, I'm currently writing haikus, so I'm going to try to get some of those published. I, I've written some in the past, but I love haikus, so I'm going to try to delve into that as well. So. <laughs> I'm you. Know, I I love haikus, so Me too. I cannot wait to see I it. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, Nyla. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate and I you. Try, and I, what are you? Go ahead. I, I tried getting on last week, and I couldn't for the life of me get through. We had horrible issues on the lines last week. Okay, I was gonna say because I didn't know if it was just my phone or my goodness. I mean, I tried like fifteen times and I couldn't get through. So I was like, okay, I'll try next week. <laughs> we're actually having issues with it again tonight. So I'm glad oh, you were no. able to get on. We may be recycling. Yeah. In fact, if you want to read again, you want to stay on hold. Just push one to come out of the lineup. And if you want to uh-huh. read again, push one and we'll put you back in. If you've got time to hang out, because. I don't know what's going on with the lines right now. I just send a message over to tech, so we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay? All right. All right. Thanks, baby. All righty. Bye-bye, Lyle. Bye. Awesome. All right. So our next caller comes from, we'll have 240-219 and then 216. 240 you're on the air. Hey, good evening, good evening, Nyla. This is uh, Joe the Robo Mind Dancer. How you feeling? Hey, I'm doing awesome, sweetheart. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Beautiful evening. You know, whenever I hear, whenever you call in now and you say the word dancer, you know how I talk about things, you know, your brain, things your brains jump to immediately when you hear something that needs your reaction yeah. to inspiration. So every time you call in, you say the word dancer. I had the biggest, biggest crush on Sammy Davis Jr. when I was little because my dad played saxophone in a jazz band. Um, and so he, you know, he used to love listening to the Rat Pack and all that. And Sammy would come on and sing the song Bojangles. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, so every time that, that, you say that, the word that, dancer, I'm brain. picturing you. Yeah. Go ahead. That song kind of brings tears to you. It kind of chokes me up every time I hear that because, like, near the end, it just kind of, oh, man, it's like a tear jerk. Mm-hmm. It is. But, you know, when he says Mr. Bojangles and he does that twitch and does the hat tip? Yeah, yeah. That's what I picture that you right doing there. every time you say the word dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so just know that when, you're, right. when you say that, just a I see the hat come down. Awesome song. Awesome song. <laughs> So, what's been going on with you? What do you have for us tonight? Uh, well, I know I heard you guys talking about photography, and uh, you know I've been taking pictures like every day. You know, sunrises, sunsets. Uh, you know, wind blowing through the leaves, uh, falling uh, maple leaf on the ground, maple seeds, stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, I've, I've definitely been doing. I've been doing that for like the last uh, man. It's been yeah. I, I used to take a picture every day I woke up before I had to work. Just take a certain shot of the sunset. Yeah, but anyway, I had this poem called uh, "The Father." It was inspired from a poem written by uh, one of the books called "The Mothers." Anytime you're ready. Go ahead. Okay. I've paid for the death of my sons and daughters' fetal slaughter. No trampled grass in the yard for my game of catch. No invites to a tea party with plastic guests. What have I done? Could they have been the one who'd take me home when I'm aged and all alone, left in the hands of the unknown? I know. I think of the end. Taking life as a sin. When I dwell in hell, while there's still a debate on when life begins, I just may have. I may have just murdered the cure for cancer after lust was a bust, hiring a hitman in a white lab coat. I'm no better than a deadbeat dad who bolts. I walked away from the children I never had. I think about these things, I think, and it pains me, drains my soul, my reflection asks, am I, am I that cold? Selfish reasons, pre-planned, unprotected nights of affection, the easy way out is just to check away. I play with the future, change the course of history, now I'm in misery, no delivery, no cigars, just scars and memories of what can never be, not now. No plot of land where I can look down, no marble to trace, no Bible with a lock of hair. No bronze for a shoe that I can share. No explanations of the right way to treat a lady, to treat a man, no nothing. I cry in my hands, I cry in my hands. I loved you from conception, I loved you in your passing. Please, God, forgive me and my children, I'm asking. Forgive the hands that gave you death. Wow, that was phenomenal. I absolutely love the line in there. Forgive me if I uh, butcher it, but what where you said um, you walked away from the children you never had. Yes. That that paints. I mean, that's real powerful. Just just the mess, the whole meaning inside that one sentence. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal job, honey. I appreciate that, Nala. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And what's your second one? Uh, my second one is titled Fathers. Okay. Alrighty. Born to carry weight. Taught to fight through pain. Struggling, watching daughters grow, trying to stay restrained. Son, so not like you. Yes, he bears your name. Things you think are cool to him, they're just so lame. Generation change. One thing stays the same. You are the father. Where ye proud thine crown? Don't try to impress them. Children are our peers. Comfort and caress them. It's that love they want to hear. Do you know how a good a child feels when they read school books? 
illustrations reveal mom and dad all in the same hood. Don't always happen in the real hood. Being there's good, still more to it. Interact, just don't sit through it. Teach, preach, protect, instill, discipline, mentoring, feed, clothes, shelter. Give up the lunch money, too. All these things add up to them calling you daddy, pops, papa, poppy. Hearing this is pleasing to me. We as men also have a reason to breathe, a purpose where we see them grow. We know it was all worth this show. Young fathers scan these pages, absent men too. Don't claim my title if you ain't doing what I do. It's my piece. Thank you. Wow. Both of those absolutely out of the park, hon. Thank you, Nala. Thank you, Nala. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. <laughs> I am so glad you called in tonight. <laughs> I'm glad I called in, too. Absolutely. Oh, man. Here in Sinister? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Can you imagine writing like uh, that when you're, what, what do you what would you say, 16? Yeah, 16? Come on, man. That's like, geez, genius. Genius, genius, genius. His use of words just always blows me away. I've mm-hmm. learned a lot from that gentleman. I've learned a lot from that gentleman, for real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm not going to hold up the line or anything. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram where, you know, I load a ton of pictures of nature, stuff like that there. And, uh, you know, you know, under uh, Joe Perry on Facebook. Uh, the Mind Dance on Instagram. That's about it for me tonight. Now, I just appreciate you having me. <laughs> Appreciate you so much, sweetheart. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this community. I really, seriously, really appreciate having you here. No, thank you, love. I'm going to sit back and listen to the rest of these fine artists. All right, baby. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Right, okay. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Again, now, this is Brother O on the line from me, Chicago, Indiana. How you doing? Hey, Brother O. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How has your week been? It's been pretty good so far. That is awesome. So what do you have for us? She said Sunday is uh, Mother's Day, y'all. I'm going to do that do my signature piece uh, Mother's Day called a tribute to single mothers. This poem is dedicated to all the great single mothers everywhere in America. It's a very special tribute to you on Mother's Day. I want to personally say that the job you do is extraordinary considering that you sometimes don't get any help from your children's father's eyes publicly give you a standing ovation and a round of applause to tell you for taking on the difficult challenges of waiting your sons and daughters on your own without the presence of their fathers. To me, a real single mother is a very strong woman who teaches her children the right values and morals at home such the importance of having an education, showing respect for authority figures in themselves, having a relationship with God and teaching them how to make the right choices and decisions. 
applaud the single mother who strives to be an independent woman without having to depend on a man who doesn't want to step up to the plate and handle his business. Or any man was broke, bust, and disgusting. I congratulate single mothers who are going to school and working to make a better life for themselves and their children. They make sure that their children have what they need so they don't want for nothing. A real mother sets a good example for her kids to follow so that one day they can go on and cheat their dreams and make them proud. I give much out of respect to single mothers who pray and watch over their children daily because in this world we live in, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of danger. She protects them from all her harm and danger and watches her around her constantly. A real mother does not have men coming in and out of the house like a revolving door. Not even not even the, the gang leaders, drug dealers, will approach the children because she will lay down a life for them. I have much love, much love for single mothers who put their children first before any man of material possessions. She understands that the children are the most precious gift that God could bless them with, and she realizes that they can never be replaced. And every chance she gets, she should tell how much she loves them. Now, I know that the constant struggle at times like the father in law I strongly encourage all single mothers out there to keep on doing the great things that you are doing, because all the sacrifices that you are making now will pay off in the end. My dear sisters, tough times don't last always. Tough people do, no matter how much they have to stack up against you. I wrote this poem to show you that I appreciate all the sacrifices that you make for your. Every boy and girl doesn't have their father in their lives. And being a true bad boy of our community, until the brothers decide to wake up, stand in their business, Man of them become the fathers and heads of their family, just like God designed according to his divine plan. And I, brother of the living miracle professor of poetry, sincerely wishes each and every one of you a happy Mother's Day. In poem. Why, thank you, sir. On behalf of all the mothers, we appreciate it. Welcome. Are you going to read just the one tonight, or are you going to? Well, I'm going to read another one. Let me get it. It's called, uh, let me get it. A Real Mother Will Always Be in Your Corner. This is the second one. My dear brothers and sisters, whether you are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, or even 60. A real mother will always be in your corner. When you were sick, with a cold, the flu, or any other illness, your mother was there to take care of you until you got well. While you were in the hospital, your mother came out every day to pay you a visit and check up on you. When you were picked on in school, your mother came down and straightened out the situation and told that bully, you better not mess with my child. Or it's going to be hell to pay. When you got trouble in school, she took our work to whoop you for acting a fool. You are not going to embarrass her in public. You know, your mother, mother's back in the day gave you tough love and discipline. 
he got in trouble in the law and ended up going to jail, it was your mother who came to see about you, not your so-called running partners or your friends. When you were court-facing charges, your mother advocated for you because you were a child. She was the one who stood by your side when you got caught up in your mess. Ain't nothing like a real mother in your corner. When you discouraged, worried, or frustrated about something, your mother's there to encourage you and help you to stay focused. She'll tell you something like this. You're going to be somebody special because God has a plan for your life. When you need your prayer, your mother interceded on your behalf until God worked your situation out. When your heart was broken, the mother was there to comfort you and tell you something to the effect of, listen to me, get off your knees and hold your head up high because only the strong survive. When you were involved in sports, participated in the school musical or gave a speech in public, your mother was right there to cheer you on. When you walked across the stage and graduated from high school or college, your mother was in the audience to support you. And see the fruits of a labor can come to harvest. My dear brothers and sisters, if you are blessed to have a real mother in your corner, please do me one small favor on Mother's Day. Appreciate you while she is still alive. Because I know, because I know that there's the people out there who wish who could spend five minutes with their mother. And thank you for everything that she has ever done for you. In other words, give her roses while she's alive. And don't wait until it's too late. Because all those experiences you have with your mother, they'll become memories. They'll eventually become memories that you look back on and remember your mother was always in your corner when nobody else was in porn. Beautiful piece. Both of them very time appropriate. I know a lot of people really appreciate that. And hopefully someone's going to call their mom that wasn't going to. It's not going to be me, but right. hopefully somebody will because you reminded them. Oh, uh, thanks. Now, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, do me. A favor, Brother O, and tell everyone where they can send their love. Oh, you can find me on, on Facebook on Omar Brother O'Gavin. Uh, I uh, post a lot of inspirational quotes, a lot of motivational stuff on my page, and uh, most of the poems that you that you that I read on the show actually in the Facebook notes. It's still this fortunate it's still there because I uh I uh I preserved all that stuff from years ago, it's still there. Just check it out. On the on the just check it out and thank you for support every week. I appreciate it. <clears throat> appreciate you. All right, my darling. We will talk to you next week. I'll be back next week. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Our next caller, area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Hey, Mama. 216, present and accounted for. (laughs) 
<laughs> what you doing, darling? Scrolling, trying to find a poem. I had one pulled up again. Oh. When I when I when I clicked on the poem, it was a different poem. I don't know how that happened. The one I want, I was had, I already had everything ready, and so I have a a listener on the line that I want to read it for. Her name is um, a Brooke, Brooklyn Knight, and she's an author and a best published um, bookseller. And she has a book that's on Amazon that's a bestseller, and she's listening in, and I wanted to read that particular poem for Brooklyn. So she's probably got a, a strange number or a Skype number because she's calling from Bermuda. She's listening in from Bermuda. Hmm. I don't have a Skype number, but she can well, be on one of the area codes. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she has an American phone or not, but she said she was listening. She might be listening online. I'm yeah. not sure. But so, Mama. Because she, she heard you. Because she heard you talking about your, did you say a, you had a telescope? Or uh-huh. A, a new <laughs> telescope, yeah. Yeah, she heard you talking about that. My my microscope that's hooked up to my computer screen so I can look at a bee's butt. Mm, mm, mm. That's good though. When you said I can see the fossil, the little tiny um, stingers, I said, "Wow, must mm-hmm. be powerful telescope." So yes, I'll have. To, I don't think I don't think I posted pictures on my page. I'll post some pictures on my page so you can see it. I'm going to read Crazy People because that's the one that popped up. Okay. It's an old one from 2013. Crazy People. The signal they need to be on the same channel as you is being interrupted by voices or wave signals connected to a different power station. So why not listen to the message? Instead, you medicate. So now when they laugh, they cannot tell you what is funny. So therefore, you stifle the message and kill the humor. Instead of finding out, of, instead of finding out what flight they were prepared for, you medicate without understanding. His drummer sent him a different message. That's the drum he dances to. You kill the message to date the messenger, and now you'll never know who's crazy, them or you. Since some of us sit upon the right hand of God, and some of us sit upon the left, it's only the yin and yang. The crazy person wakes up laughing hysterically, and you cannot even laugh at all. So who's crazy? Them or you, both created by the same God, or maybe not. Or maybe not. That's a shot in the arm. That was amazingly written, Mama. Okay, this one is like I, I had to stall. For, I was stalling for a minute because I, I, would <laughs> I, know, I promised know. myself I Don't would not say that other word. Thank you. Okay, You're welcome. So, uh, okay, this is called Tale. This is 2017. 
as a humorous poem. Tell. Tell causes men to tell tales. He has never had that tale, which he tells tall tales about. Sometimes the rabbit gets the gun, getting a bit of tail, then entails patience, kindness, and the willingness to get caught in your own trap. Trust, not just lust, no strain, or tallying up the tail for a price worth paying. I'm just saying, many a hunter gets captured by the game and becomes the hunted. Love, no mutilating, no use for abuse or manipulation, no playing. I'm just saying, be careful. They may already have your number on speed dial. Fate, now you could be the tail that gets gated in the chase. Many a tale to be told. Oh, how the tables have turned cold. Now, who gets to tell his tale? Though now under her spell, fun. Sometimes the rabbit gets the gun and she's hot on the trail. He's soon subdued, becomes her groom, destiny. Thus the twist of this tale tells the real tale, nightly how he chases her tail. The bride gets her man, and all ends well. <laughs> Wonderful play on words there. <laughs> yeah. You just sound so tickled. I love it. I haven't got to read that one in a long time. I've been going through stuff, looking for stuff to give to Brooklyn because Brooklyn, Brooklyn is going to do my book. So I've been looking for stuff and find all kind of little stuff. So I said, well, let me read that. I don't get to read read it often because I don't even know where it is. And they took the notes out of Facebook, so a lot of my stuff got lost. So I'm glad to see some of the stuff, like, hidden in different corners. And, uh, yeah, so I found that one today. So you guys out there, stop telling tales about tale that you never got. Yeah, stop doing that. <laughs> you tell them, Mama. So I didn't say this when you first called. I should have said I should have said this at the beginning of the show, but I forgot. So those of you who don't know, and you don't know because I haven't told you, but Mama and I are going to do an impromptu show together on uh, on. Monday, I think, I, Monday, we're going to do impromptu speakeasy special, um, and Mama's going to host with me, and we're going to do, like, reading classic poems and stuff like that, and it's going to be awesome. So watch for the announcements so for bring, that. I'll throw them bring on my your page. Favorite, tell them to bring their favorite classic poems. Mm-hmm. We want to hear them. As a matter of fact, I am studying. Uh, someone turned me on to a, a poet named Daisy Turner, Aunt Daisy Turner, and I'm excited. I went to Wikipedia, and it was just really a lot of information on her. So uh, find some poets that maybe uh, you want to study some new poets that or bring your old poets like Edgar Allan Poe, all the classics, 
and the older poems we want to hear all that. It's called Rebirth. We're going to do a special Monday. So. Yep. And if you all really like it, we might even do more than one. Yes, we might. So you have to be there. Mama has told you so. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so it's going to be awesome. Okay. All right, well, Mama, tell everyone how to find you, honey. What? Vicky, Vicky Aqua, V-I-C-K-I, Aqua, Mama Oladeji. There's other Vicky Aquas on there, but the only one that says Vicky Aqua, a.k.a. Oladeji, is me. Facebook, All Round Queen, Poetry Soup, and I have a lot of pages on Facebook, so you'll find me. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Mama, we will talk to you. I'll talk to you probably over the weekend. But we, as a collective, will talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Bye-bye, Mama. Bye-bye. Okay. Our next caller. I'm typing the text support as I'm trying to write. Our next caller comes from area code 972. 972, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Been enjoying the show. I am glad. Introduce yourself to everyone, hon. Oh, this is Anna Donovan. Hello, everyone. And I'm going to read a poem called Falcon tonight. Okay. All right. Falcon. Under a destiny tree's crucible branches, a falcon clutches a rat between its talons. I fumble with my phone. For your wall? He asks. I nod. I have no walls, he adds. There's one behind you. It doesn't own me. Walls don't own me, I reply. You are caged by walls. Your car, your job. And I suppose you own the sky? It pleases me to soar, but I don't own the sky. I am a hunter. I pray. It's the order of things. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Your hunger owns you, I add. I hunt for sustenance. You consume. Because you're owned and you fear. Do you know who you are? Would you still pose? Sharp eyes pierce through me and he takes off. Blaring horns call my attention back to the road and the home that owns me. An end poem? Huh? Was that yeah. the end of the poem? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always have people say, I'm sorry, I always have people say end poem when they're done. That way I know it's okay for me to talk because I never know if someone's doing like a dramatic pause. And I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten my butt chewed because I've, Nyla, I'm not done yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, so yeah, if you just let me know you're done reading, then I know it's okay for me to open my mouth. (laughs) Oh, okay. 
<laughs> that was well, I'm done incredible reading. Incredible right. That was an incredible right. Hey, are you going to read two tonight, Anna? Yes, I can read another one. It's called Man About. Okay, Man About. Man About struts to the gate, hollers the entrance code, then leans into the car's window to bum a smoke. It's all good. It's all good. He says with the in-your-face audacity of one who puckered pale lips to usher trumpet blasts, bent in call response between doomsday and bitches brew. The birth of cool, clasped in honeysuckle, tars, moonshine, and voodoo drums. He guards the fence, thunders on coyotes, golf lanes, and the cop car guard gliding through every other hour so the kid can deal under the trees. Because once in a lifetime comes in pill and powder form, and so many want to buy oil from a snake, slow and heavy, to languish in a faraway sun. And Manabout follows his own group caravan in a fluid midnight, loose and starless, wide strides of a flailing boxer, dark language, damp with ashes. End of poem. That was wicked as heck. I absolutely love that. You need to figure out a way to record that one. Yes, I need some help. I wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do that. I love this poem. This is a real person, so very dear to me. So that, that thank was, you for that letting me read that. Awesome. Oh, honey, you are so welcome. Do me a favor, Anna. Tell everyone how they uh-huh. can come find you. Show you some love. Yes, everyone, drop by and visit me on Facebook. Anna Donovan, A N N A D O N O V A N. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> awesome, and we will talk to you next week, Anna. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, Have a sweetheart. great night. It's it's great you so too. far. So, all right. Okay, our next caller is going to be with area code 919, then we have 807, and then we're going to be bringing Levi back on at 575. We do have 407. You are on the board, but you are not in the lineup to come on live. If you want to come on talk tonight, read a poem, please press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. Let me know that it's okay to unmute you. Otherwise, if you're just here hanging out and having fun, Appreciate you being here. If you change your mind at any time, 407, press 1, and that will alert me to unmute you. All right, let's go ahead and grab 919. You are on the air. Yes, good evening, Nyla. Good evening. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? I am doing fine. At this moment, all is well. I'm being grateful. I am being grateful for life. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone, Granville? Oh, yes. I'm such a poor advocate of myself. My name is Granville John Hedrington, out of Raleigh, North Carolina, originally from St. Kitts Nevis in the Caribbean, Eastern Caribbean. 
You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Amazon. I have a couple of books, Poetry for Thought, one, two, and three, and so on and so forth. And Instagram, too. You can find me on Instagram. I have the same name. Both of them and stuff and stuff. And anything else you might have to look in the newspaper or the Bible. That was a joke. Uh, I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you bring for us tonight, sweetheart? You know what? I'm gonna, I am gonna. I was be practicing a couple of poems that I haven't done in a long time. And knowing that his mother's there, I was thinking about doing this one for, this one is about my sister. I haven't done it in a long time, so I'm going to do it. This poem is called Denise. The first woman that I shared house with was my sister. She, the elder, and I, the younger, ever at my side, absent mother and father, we thrived under the tutelage of my grandmother, Josephine Weeks. I was also known as Manjiji. I was often called Manjiji boy. I hated the name. Hated the name as it was referred to me, but I loved the woman. I did not love her because she was my grandmother. I loved her because she was a great human being. I endorse this woman before God and man. But however, the subject is my sister, the first woman that I shared house with. Always at my side with her initiating our actions. She would dress me in her clothes. Then she would wear mine. I would do her every bidding. Everything was fine. And then a couple of years went by and there was a change in me. No longer I wanted to do what she wanted me to do. The distance between us kept growing and with the distance and with the distance, uh, and with the distance, uh, and with the distance came the the fighting between us two. She was bigger, and I was smaller. You know who got the best of who? I love my sister, and hate that girl. She is not the person that I once knew. Was it I who had changed, or what did she grow into? 
She is now my nemesis, the bane of my existence. How did it come to this? She is making my life hell and loving it. I didn't smile much when I saw her then, and even now, and I love my sister, for like my grandmother, she is a great human being. I speak to her often, never discussing our past. I am not eager to discuss battles. I am convinced that I lost. Certainly not my glory days. Thank you. Thank you. Certainly yes. not my goal. <laughs> I love it. Not my glory days. See, uh, I, I can still see you walking away now victorious, leaving me all disheveled. Yes, yes. I suspect I could do one more. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. No, I didn't hear you just now. What did you say? Okay. Okay. I, I, you couldn't hear me. I don't know what was going on right there. It was cut that's out, it. and I was just gone. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So I didn't hear, I didn't hear a thing, and I was talking to. I was, I was asking if you want me to do another one. Please, yes. Okay, this is the next one I haven't done in a long time. There's a few of them really, but I'm gonna do this one. This is not for about the mother. This is one about hip hop. This one is called Tribute to Hip Hop. Once called Hip Hop, but now called Rap. But it's cool like that. It's cool like that. For it like this, uh-huh. And it like that, uh-huh. And it goes on and on and on and on and it don't stop. No, it won't stop. Coming from way back, it's a music. Our music, our voices, on the mic. It is what black folks does on Saturday night. The music kept us above our struggles and troubles. So blessed with the gift of gab, we used what we had. I can call a lot of names, but I could not call all the names. For many, but not most, would get a shout out. They are too numerous to mention. For they who blazed the trails, they did not get the Benjamins, but they left a strength to their people, a legacy, and now the rest is history for when i saw one dmc on mtv i knew that the black man had broken through for we had a stage and we loved the mic and when we rocked the mic we rocked the mic we marked the mic right music is an uh, I'm forgetting the damn thing. Of of all gener- 
generation and and we are generally a nation of artists of every kind. I can call a name like when Master Flash, but I tell you, Beethoven, he is black. So the music is coming from way back. And it's like this, uh-huh. And it's like that, uh-huh. And it goes on and on and on and on. And it don't stop. No, it won't stop. For the trumpet sounded, and the Lord appeared. And in the kingdom of God, music, music is there. And it goes on and on and on. And it won't stop. No, it won't stop. And now this is a multi-billion dollar business. And all I got to say is, whoop. There it is. Thank you very much, Nyla. I struggled through that one day. That was awesome. That was very different for you. It was very, I mean, that was fun. That was fun to listen to. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you. You you heard it before, right? Pardon me? Have you heard it before? I don't remember hearing that one before. I don't perform it much for real, but but next time I can, I can when I do it, you know what? Next time I, I come on, I'm gonna do it for you, and I'm I'm gonna have it memorized perfectly. That works for me. Yes, 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 yes. It's huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell everyone how they can live on you, honey. Yes, you can find me on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, Instagram at the same name, and most downloading medias, and if they still exist, I've been around. And, and buy a book for me on Instagram. No, not Instagram, on Amazon. Also, Poetry for Thought, Volume 1, 2, and 3. I hate to beg. <laughs> But, you know, because can be users, I've got to humble myself. Yes, yeah, so check me out, and I assure you, my work, my, my work will enlighten and illuminate your life. It's just what I do. Anyway, have a blessed night, night Nyla, and I'll see you next week. And a couple of nights gone by, I was struggling to stay up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, darling. Okay, you have a blessed night, Nyla, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Thank Day. You. I almost Thank forgot. You. I Thank almost you. forgot. Thank you, my dear. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you, honey. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. I'd... Our next caller, you guys, will come from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla Tay. It's Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Robbie, baby. <laughs> I am kind of wishing I had a microscope like you do. I had a clip-on microscope, and uh, yeah, I had a, this set up for the uh, for my phone. But it's it's the thing is is the the lenses get dirty easily. Even like even when you unpack them, they're dirty. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, you get a little hair, and, and it ruins the whole thing. And actually, yeah. uh, it's something I wanted to get into. I've watched Microcosmos. On uh, mm-hmm. on 
uh, YouTube, and I want to get like a – I would love to have a dark field microscope. I mean, I would get just a regular compound one in the beginning, but – I would love to get like a dark field someday. <laughs> this is incredible. I've, I mean, I've got super strong magnifying glass and I've got microscopes and stuff, but I've always struggled at getting really good pictures. Oh yeah. It's, and it's that's hell. what's amazing about this is it's all it's got all its own lighting. Um, it takes pictures, it takes videos, so I can get super close up and get those good images that I need to get. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked about it. <laughs> I'm so jellies right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I, have a, I have a poem that I'm reading for Levi because um, his poem reminded me of a poem that I wrote that ended up it was a result of a dream I had. It was uh, I was dreaming, and there was this of this charismatic sort of a speaker. You know, he had this. You know, he had the kind of charismatic leading voice and all that. You know, really animated and everything. And uh, he he said a lot. He said a couple of lines. He said, "If my if my knife must cut, let it cut the wound of hate." And that was in my dream. I was like, I woke up. I was like, "Damn, damn, son, that's a good draw. I guess that's a good line. I'm gonna write that one down." <laughs> It's funny, it's, I don't know how much that happens to people, but it's bizarre. I will almost. wake up, I'll be writing a poem in my dream and wake up and write it down. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and it's trippy because it's coming from your own mind, but it's not coming from your consciousness, so you almost feel like it's coming from you, but it isn't. It's, it's a weird, kind of a trippy feeling, but it's kind of neat. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I ended up writing a poem around that, uh, around that line, around that couplet, and uh, and since Levi reminded me of that poem with his, I'm going to read this for him. Okay. Uh, so here we go. If my well, wait, a second, must... wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's bring Levi on because he's next anyway. Levi, are you with us? I'm here. Okay. Well, hey so there, Robbie, Levi. Hey, Robbie, Robbie how you, you doing, man? Poem again. I'm going to let Robbie tell you about this poem again real quick, and then I'm going to let him read it, and I'm going to be quiet, and I'm going to let you comment on it like you're the host of the show. Hey, that works. <laughs> okay. Thank Take you. Take care, boys. Okay. So, like I was saying in chat there, uh, mm-hmm. your poem with uh, its tone and, and its language reminded me of when I had that couplet come to me in my dream where it's you know, the charismatic animated speaker was saying, if my knife must cut, let it cut the wound of hate. Mm-hmm. And I, I built a poem around that. So, Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I've i done that many times before, too. You get something in a dream. Usually I forget it before I can write it down. I wake up and I'm like, what did I just dream? It was cool, yeah. but I don't remember it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the trick is you're always praying that it isn't one of those things that's going to be – stored in your short-term memory because that's usually what happens with dreams. And there's been a couple yeah. times where I've kicked myself because I haven't written it down, but thankfully oh, I wrote man, this one I've down. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, uh, this one's called Knife of Hate. Okay. If my knife must cut, let it cut the wound of hate. When I sue this wound, let it be with the balm of love. Hate cuts like a heated knife, heated with avarice and greed. If my balm sues, let it be forever its cure, its solution. Let my balm cure 
of all this world its delusion. So take away your knife of hate, sheathe its stinging blade. Let the stinging blade stay forever sheathed, for forever and a day. Uh, that's uh, shorter for one of my poems, but... <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Uh, I love the whole idea of you're the balm, you know, to mm-hmm. to the sting. and so, That was awesome, yeah. I really like that. And uh, like you're going to sheathe the knife of a hate. That was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was a little shorter than mine, but <laughs> yeah, like but I loved it. It was really good. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like I like writing really short poems too. I write quite a few of those. And uh, with Nyla's permission, I'm gonna read this second one. It's also I'm not the host of the show right now. Levi is. I'm not the host. Levi I'm is. the host of the show. <laughs> I'm gonna read the second one. Oh no, I'm not I gonna let this... you, Robbie. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad, Robbie. Right. So uh, this one's also about a knife, but it's okay. also, it's I think it very well applies to our present situation and how everybody feels because everybody's kind of on an edge, you know, day to day. Yes. And uh, so here we. This is this was called uh, Edge of a Knife. Okay. I'm living upon the edge of a knife. A knife brought down upon the edge of the precipice of justice. There's justice lying in wait with quiver on the other side, dancing on the edge of a razor's edge divide. I'm living upon the knife's dancing jagged edge as particles of anger float upon the edge's stress, the stress of the edge collapsing into possibility of edge of madness falling down into my soul's dark divinity, collapsing into a point of madness's infinity. I am living upon the edge of a knife as my soul is torn back like a neck from the verge of stress points, the edge of a knife burning the bridge of sanity's return, as I feel the anger of the mystery of the stress point in my memory burn. The stress point is approaching, its madness is encroaching upon the halls I try so desperately to hide, where peace it does reside, and only in this refuge does the edge of the madness subside. Take this knife and bring it to my hand as I transform the ethereal edge of madness into a vicious tool, and I cut the excise of torture from my heart, lest the madness that takes over and over me rules. Let this knife sorry, let me take this knife and transform it into the sword of Damocles. Let it burn with my fevered intention to carve out the cancer in my burning soul. Keep it from the madness of madness's intention, its bars composed of its own dissection of sorrowed infection. Those bars materialized from my soul's vivisection, those bars so strong, so hard, those bars wrought of my own invention. Snap my head back to take my next line of sight back from the edge of this knife's line of of fire. That knife that, if it connects, shall cut out any possibility of my desire's growing empire. Let me break free of the bars of my own madness. Let the circle of fury be broken, so that at the hidden ache of my intention of my soul it may finally be spoken. For I am living on the edge of a knife. And that's an earlier poem called Edge of a Knife. Wow, yeah. You know, while you were reading that, it reminded me... Have you ever heard of Rudy Francisco? 
If you haven't, I suggest you... Huh? I think I've heard of the name in passing. Yes. And he is an awesome spoken word poet, and um, he's been on, like, many TV shows and stuff. I mean, he's pretty big in the poetry scene. Um, Mm. He has... I forget the name of the poem, but he has this one poem that is about how guns in Mexico City, or somewhere in Mexico, were, um, you know, they were gathered up by the government and given to this one person who makes musical instruments out of them. And it goes about, like, how this whole thing of, like, how instruments of destruction can become music to people's lives and ears. And it was just... Mm -hmm. That whole transformation Your poem reminded me of that. It was just like, you know... I like to use, I like to do that. I like to transform something negative into positive. Although every once in right. a while there's something that's so inherently negative you can't really you can't really do that. There's no there's no yeah. way to flip it over. So exactly, yeah. and you think like of guns that have killed people and that have done bank robberies and you know all this stuff, and he turned them into musical instruments. Slut people can enjoy and make music and, you know, just live life and be happy. And, yeah. So, yeah, your poem your poem really resonated, like, with me, like that one did, you know. It was really good. I appreciate that, man. Well, thanks. I, 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 uh, I like when something connects for someone. And uh, with this yes. one, I could definitely tell is, like, when I was reading it, it, it was, a, a, a little halted in the reading, and that's the thing with my earlier. It was one of my earlier poems, a bit, uh, like maybe like a few years ago or so. And mm-hmm. with those poems, I didn't quite have down the flow and the cadence in that. And um, someone like like my very earliest poems, they were just they were pretty much a slave to rhyming couplets. And then yeah. later on, it got out of that, and but the, I didn't have. Uh, uh, I didn't have the flow quite. Uh, oh no, no, Balky. Uh, I'm just addressing Balky in chat. No, uh, Nyla, uh, Nyla let me and Levi hijack the show for a couple of moments. <laughs> I don't know when she's bouncing back in, but. <laughs> no, I'm right here. I'm just listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he was like, did did we lose Nyla? No, no, we didn't lose Nyla. No, she's there. She's just. Yeah. She let me take the reins. Yeah. Yeah. I have well, the now, power. now we're going to flip it because oh, now it's Levi's turn to read. So Robbie, now you're the host, <laughs> oh, and you okay. get to respond yeah. to Levi. Okay, that works. Okay, hold on, let me grab it real quick. Oh, what did God, I? God, it's good that? being the boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I um, I, hey Nyla, I know you're mm-hmm. there. Somewhere there you are. Uh, did I read Love before? It was a. Uh, it was just entitled Love. Have you ever heard that one? I didn't want to read something you know I've already heard, but. I don't. You know, it doesn't matter if I've heard it before or not, because there's going to pe- be people on the air that have never heard okay. it before at all. So it's okay all right. to repeat things here. Okay, cool. But no, I so do I'll not read. Remember. I'll read that one second. But I have this little one that I just wrote. It's called Poetry. In its naked form. This is why I'm dying. To be heard. To be memorable. I handwrite poetry post-it notes. And stick them to different parts of my body. 
haikus to my legs, sonnets to my arms, and a ballad to my torso. I stick an elegy to my forehead, an epigram to my lips, and a limerick to my tongue. The contrast of what is and what will never be is beginning to piss me off. This is why I'm dying. I lie here, naked, just my words on top of me, because when I go, I will go out on my own terms. I will go smothered in my own words, covered in poetic form. I confirm. My body is giving out, but I'm not giving up. Rather, I'm giving in. Today may not be the day I die, but when I do, I will die with poetry next to me. I'm okay with death, but what I'm not okay with is dying without beauty, dying without remembrance. My life, it may confine me, but these words may help define me. This is why I'm dying in peace. Well, I connected with that on a lot of levels, like some of the visuals for myself and, and personally because um, I like that personification of the poetry being your savior, you know, and mm-hmm. even if everything else goes to crap, the poetry is there. And the thing is, is on, on the levels where it directly connected with me, uh, oh, I'll never forget uh, one Halloween Someone, well, I think they were naked underneath it, but they were uh, they were wrapped in the words of Khalil Gibran from the, mm-hmm. the the Prophet, and that was their costume. And like they were all, it was like a, almost like a mummy wrap, but it was the words of Khalil Gibran. I thought to myself, that is just the most beautiful, you know, thought out costume. I I, I can I can hardly imagine uh, a costume that would be better than that. Is so significant. Right. Than that. <laughs> and then. I was thinking about, you know, when you're talking about uh, dying on your own terms and that. And when I saw my dad fading away uh, from mm-hmm. um, from dementia, like, uh, it really put a shock in me that, you know, to take, to take care of myself and that, you know, when the time comes that it's not going to happen like that. It's not going to be the slow fade and that. Because when you see it happen firsthand... Oh man, it, it you're just like you think to yourself, I do not want that to happen to me, you know? Yeah. You you uh you really it makes you take stock and uh, like it the the it's, it sounds weird but like I uh I brush my teeth even more uh studiously now because they say some people think that the the plaque stays in your system if you don't take care if you don't get it mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then it builds up in your body and it that's where like the becomes the, like a dementia comes poison. from. Yeah. Well, it 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 uh, builds up as as uh, deposits uh, supposedly in your brain and blocks the mm-hmm. signals. So when I saw that with my dad, I was like, well, you know, if if it it doesn't hurt to try it, right? And if it works, it works. So those those yeah. kind of things really, when you see them firsthand, yeah, you're like, okay, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. <laughs> Right, so it was, and uh, I enjoyed that it had the direct connections for me that way. Oh well, I appreciate it. Yeah, this poem, man. It, uh, I wrote it because I'm, I'm like, I'm a really ill person. I have lots of ailments and stuff, you know. 
So a lot of days when I'm kind of just feeling under the weather and feel real bad, sometimes you think about things and it's like, I hope I don't die today, you know. It just it's it gets really depressing and hard sometimes. But if I didn't have words and family and poetry, it would all basically go to hell probably. But I'm very thankful for what I have, and you know. Mm-hmm. So. So that was that piece. And then I'm going to read one more. Um, It's called Love. Love. It's a simple four-letter word. Easy to say. Easy to pronounce. Flows off the tongue quite nicely. Love. But for me, for some... Love is the hardest four-letter word in our vocabulary. Love trickles out the mouths of so many so effortlessly, so flawlessly, yet so frivolous. Love is a word I believe should be reserved for those who know its true meaning. Love is a a gatling gun-wielding ambush of the heart. Takes you by surprise. Takes you by the wings and right before you greet the heavens. Love takes away your ability to fly. Love. You'll probably guess by now, I've been hurt by this four-letter word we call love, and you're right. If hurt means destroyed, if hurt means devastation, man, I was once in love, so much in love to the point I could smell the scent of her heart a mile away. I could feel her vibrated footsteps before she even entered the room. I was so damn in love with her. When she cried, a part of my soul shriveled up into a ball of absence as her tears made me start to lose my faith in God. You see, love is the reason why this heart of mine has too many scars to count, too many bullet holes that have leaked all of my love out. Love is why I cry myself to sleep now. Why this little four-letter word, so easy to say, so easy to pronounce, has become so hard for me to comprehend. Love. The last time she looked in my eyes, she glared as if she were staring into an hourglass, watching the seconds fall as if the last grain of sand hits the bottom. The bottom of that hourglass meant our heartstring guitars would never again play the melody of love. Love is the reason why I can't look at her picture without fuming. Every time I think of her at all, I get this ball in the pit of my stomach. Love has become an ulcer I never want to experience again. Love, this four-letter word, this amazing feeling we get in our hearts. Love, this torpedo to the soul. Love is a word I hope never again travels through my ears or exit my lips. Love, I wonder... Does she cry when she thinks of me? Does she cringe every time that four-letter word enters her mind? I loved her so much to the point I think love will never again mean the same thing. It's just just another four-letter word among thousands in peace. uh, I enjoyed in the beginning when you talked I, I tuned into that right away when you said, "Well, it, it falls off of others' tongues so frivolous, so frivolously." And that's the mm-hmm. thing is, it's it's not necessarily 
I mean, it's not a good thing if to be too closed up and never, never be able to tell someone that you love them. But mm-hmm. you don't. It's a. It's like I'm a very loving kind of guy, and I've had to kind of hold myself back. Like you know, oh, I love you. I'm so right. emo- you know, I got, I'm just an emotional kind of guy, right? But right. the thing is, I don't want to go too much the other way, and now that, that's what it reminded me of. I don't want to become. I don't want yeah. to be too so open. Like someone has said to you. Uh, yeah, I said to her, yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve, I know. She says, yeah, I'm more like on your forehead. <laughs> so yeah, it's like that. tattooed it's right there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, on the, uh, uh, there's another personal thing that you reminded me of where, I'm, again, me being the emotional guy that I am, There, I, I mentioned this last time or uh, yesterday somewhere else that there's somebody I hadn't, I hadn't seen in the longest time. And uh, all of a sudden, she popped up into my view, and like you know, I didn't even know she was in town. And mm-hmm. my heart started beating fast, but it beat so fast that it actually hurt. <laughs> and I clutched mm-hmm. my chest for a second. I said, I said to myself in that poetic, you know, that poetic moment of irony, I said, "Oh, oh, she's literally making my heart ache." <laughs> <laughs> wow! So it kind of reminded me of that too. But yeah. It, yeah. It's. it's uh, it's it's tough both ways, you know, to be too closed yeah. off, but to be so open uh, as well. Hey, hey, man, are we friends on Facebook? Sorry, Nyla, I don't want to take away the show, but are we friends on Facebook? It's hard for me to keep track of that. I, I, okay, I yeah. Think, I was going to say, uh, just it, send me a friend request if you haven't mm-hmm. yet, or I'll send you one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, I kind of advertise more towards like I'm on there, but I'm just not there much. So yeah, yeah. When if I don't interact with people, I don't want them to think that oh he he just never drops by my page. It's just that I don't drop by Facebook much. Yeah, but, um, but I, I don't either a lot. I just pretty much do poetry and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, and my, my like whole family they say they hate me because I'm not on Facebook as much as they want me to be, and I'm like oh I. You know, I just don't bother with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially the Facebook, uh, I think it screws with my, uh, with uh, my media on my, uh, on my, on my computer anyway. I think it gives me the black okay. screen of death for Windows. So yeah. that's another reason I don't really. But yeah, I, I leave my links there. So I mean, if uh, I'm doing because I'm on old poetry now, mm-hmm. so people can see me on old poetry, like with the, the I have the link to the poem there. But uh, okay. after the show, after the show, I'll look you up and. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. I appreciate mm-hmm. it, Robbie. You bet. Hey, we got we hosted the show it. for a little bit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Back you to you, Nyla. No, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. All right, you guys, both of you, tell everyone how to find you. Go first, Robbie. You go for it. Okay. Uh, I can be found under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry under Facebook, and there you'll see my links with SoundCloud and All Poetry. Uh, I'm mentioning those two these days because those are the two things that I'm either the most active under or that I will be the most active under. Yeah. And yourself, Levi? Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Um... 
the poetry and writings of Levi J. Miracle, or you can friend me as just Levi Miracle. That's L-E-V-I-M-E-R-I-C-L-E. I have both pages, my professional and then my social page. Um, and then I'm on Poets and Writers database. You can find me in many lit magazines and journals on the Internet. Um, yeah. I'm also a songwriter, so I love my music. Cool. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, yeah, same here. I'm doing the, but I'm, do, I'm doing more the electronic music for now. I don't know where I'm going to branch out after yeah. that, but that's what the SoundCloud's for. Mm, nice. Awesome. There you right, go, so you guys okay. done? Are, 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 are you over? Yep. Yeah, yeah right, I think we're done, now. Nyla. Thank you for letting me off my leash for a little bit, Nyla. <laughs> I'll never forget that she she said that in chat. She said uh, I think it were actually she said it on the air. Yeah, she said it on the air. She said uh, I like to let Robbie off his leash once in a while and see what happens. Right, <laughs> that's something, right. That's something that I'll never forget as long as I live. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All righty, you guys. As always, Nyla, I really appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. I appreciate you, sweetheart. And we will talk to you then. And you too, Robbie. You bet. Yes. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye, you guys. All right. I want to let area code 407 and 520 know that you are not in the lineup. If either of you would like to come on the air, please press 1. If you're hanging out and listening, I appreciate you. We're glad you're here. Enjoy the show. If you change your mind at any time, you can press 1. And that will let me know that it's okay to bring you on. That is again is four oh seven and five two zero. I'm gonna see I am having issues with the lines. We've only got five lines open and coming into the show right now, so if you're trying to get in and getting that fast busy signal like last week, just keep trying. I think that I'm going to bring Joe Perry. If you're still listening, you're still on the line. I'm gonna bring you back on to read another one. I'm going to play a track first though. And give you time to find one before I check with you. All right, so this one is dun dun dun. This is one is called For All We Know, and this is King's Cadence. For all we know, that sinking feeling that has my spirit reeling is me missing you. Your essence faintly about me. I'm not attempting to make this just about me. But for all we know, this is sadness. This is my pulse reading. Each moment fades in and our eyes locking with passing passions where we can't even worry what is happening. I mean, you came into my world. We connected via blackbirds and rainbows and shared love bubbles. I sought new ways to express how much I love you. But for all we know, this pain in my chest is heartbreak. These shallow breaths are me saving parts of you that haven't exited yet. I held on with everything, I followed with every promise, from every dream I screamed, no, in movie fashion, winded, waiting for anything to happen. My pillow, drenched with hurt exquisite, lips mid-quiver I whisper, absent makes the heart grow fonder, but it hurts to live, so maybe I'm dying, for all we know I am, know I am, lost without you, lost without you. For all we know, that sinking feeling that has my spirit reeling, is me missing you. Your essence faintly about me, I'm not attempting to make this just about me. 
But for all we know, this is sadness. This is my pulse reading. As each moment fades in and our eyes locking with passing passions where we can't even worry what is happening. I mean, you came into my world, we connected via blackbirds and rainbows and shared love bubbles. I sought new ways to express how much I love you. But for all we know, this pain in my chest is heartbreak. These shallow breaths are me saving parts of you that haven't exited yet. I held on with everything. I followed with every promise. From every dream I screamed, no, in movie fashion, winded, waiting for anything to happen. My pillow, drenched as hurt exquisite, lips mid-quiver I whisper. Absent makes the heart grow fonder, but it hurts to live. So maybe I'm dying, for all we know I am. You know I am lost without you, lost without you. That sinking feeling that has my spirit reeling It's me missing you Your essence faintly about me I'm not attempting to make this just about me But for all we know This is sadness This is my pulse reading Each moment fades in and our eyes locking With passing passions Where we can't even worry what is happening I mean You came into my world We connected via blackbirds and rainbows and shared love bubbles. I sought new ways to express how much I love you. But for all we know, this pain in my chest is heartbreak. These shallow breaths are me saving parts of you that haven't exited yet. I held on with everything. I followed with every promise. From every dream I screamed, no, in movie fashion, winded, waiting for anything to happen. My pillow, drenched as hurt exquisite, Lips mid-quiver I whisper Absent makes the heart grow fonder But it hurts to live So maybe I'm dying For all we know I am You know I am Lost without you Lost without you For all we know That sinking feeling that has my spirit reeling It's me missing you your essence faintly about me I'm not attempting to make this just about me But for all we know This is sadness This is my pulse reading Each moment fades in and our eyes locking With passing passions Where we can't even worry what is happening I mean You can't Well that was interesting Hmm Alrighty then. Okay, so let's go over here real quick and check with Joe. Joe, are you still with us, honey? Joe? Petty? Are you there? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and mute him. We'll check back and see if he wants to read again in a minute. All right, I want to let area codes 407 520 and 425 to let you guys know you are not in the lineup. If any of you want to come on and read, press 1. That will let me know it's okay to unmute you. 407, 520, and 425. If you guys are trying to call into the show and you're getting that fast busy signal, just keep trying. It will let you in eventually. I'm going to play another piece real quick. 
Um, I think that I'm going to do one. I really like this one. This is Amanda Gorman's poem that she read at the inauguration. I was really impressed with this young lady. So I'm going to play this poem, and we'll be right back with you. Let me introduce Amanda Gorman, uh, our nation's first ever National Poet Laureate. Mr. President, Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans, and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to Glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. 
In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, our history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So, while once we ask, How could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert. How could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens. But one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the wind-swept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful when day comes we step out of the shade aflame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it Reminded me of a Picasso, but in all lessons, yo. 
just the sheer beauty. Just the sheer beauty of her face. My eyes never wanted. My eyes never, never ran astray. Nah.
That was Eddie Oliver with Angel. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller, area code 425. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How have you been? It's been a long time since I've been around to talk with you. I know it has. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, hon. Pardon? Introduce yourself to everyone so they know who you are. Oh, I'm <laughs> Casey Lady. I'm here in Washington. <laughs> it is so good to hear from you. What do you got for us tonight, love? Uh, what are you in the mood for? Um, I have, um, gosh, there's some phenomenal poetry being read. How do I compete with that? <laughs> I don't think I can. Um, you have you have no problems at all standing on your own, girl. Okay, um, I'll, I'll do a short piece um, that I wrote recently. My love was broken. What more can I do? Like microscopic bits of glass, it splintered fragments flew. My love was power. It ruled a roving heart that took apples from the tree, leading them to rot. My love was chosen, queen of an empire, clothed in the richness of true love and bathed in its desire. My love was ample, enough to fill a mind with ecstasy it never knew and fantasies of every kind. My love was his, his and his alone. The remnants fill my shattered mind and cut me to the bone. Wow. That was intense, my darling. That was fantastic. Thank you. You are very welcome. Are you going to read two tonight? Sure. Okay. Here's one that I had published recently. To break the silence. Imprisoned by the silence, this loneliness is wrought. I sit here in the shadows, shuffling through each thought that echoes down the halls of isolation that I share with other kindred spirits who have had too much to bear. So deep within the shadows, I now listen for the words I have sent into these halls, but there is nothing to be heard. For I am deafened by the silence that hollowness has brought. I weep within the darkness as I pray to find my thoughts. I place my mark upon this wall to prove that I am here and that you are not alone with the cross you have to bear. There's screaming in the silence. When you can find no words to reach beyond your walls so that you can be heard. I am stabbed by your injustice and inflicted with your pain. There's such a loss for words when the world is so insane. We sit inside the silence waiting for our words. While we stare at whitewashed walls, 
in this land of the absurd. We fall upon our knees with an ear to their closed doors, waiting very patiently for those who won't do more. Then we listen very closely for those who came before to break the silence. Is there one here among us with the fortitude to cope who would knock at every door with the urgency and hope to crack man's heart in the shell so his inner child shines through? The only way to break the silence is to show them what they do. That was incredible. Your your rhyme scheme through that was absolutely flawless, and it made it sound like a soliloquy or something in a Shakespeare play. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. You did a fantastic Thank job you. on that one. You're Thank very you. welcome. You're very welcome. So, sweetheart, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come love on you. Because oh, it's been uh, too long. I have a a page on Facebook, Case Lady, and I have a page on WordPress. And also I have, um, gosh, I lost my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a poetry page on Facebook, uh, Let's Talk About Poetry, where I try to post poetry when I I can. This past year has been difficult for me. I've been in deep depression. I think that a lot of other people have been as well, so that's just... A normal thing for all of us and I've had a little bit of difficulty writing but I have had the pleasure of taking part in anthologies which has been just a wonderful thing for all of us so I think that if you have the opportunity to write with other poets that it is such a healing thing to do so that's one thing that I have been doing and uh, I think that it's a such a great thing that we can come together and write and you know, share our thoughts and feelings with one another and lift one another up as poets, which is just a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal thing. And I'm Absolutely. Very thankful for you. I'm thankful for you all. I really am. I think that it's just such a wonderful thing that we have each other, and it's a blessing. It, it's writing. nice to be able to come somewhere and feel this kind of fellowship with like-minded it people. Is. <laughs> it is it is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that I have poets out there who ask me, you know, Kay, would you like to take part in this anthology? Would you like to write? Because, you know, really I wasn't writing at all. And, you know, I had somebody say, your voice matters. You matter. And there were times when I didn't take part in an anthology because I thought, oh, what will they think about me writing about this certain topic? And, you know, I didn't think that my voice mattered. I didn't take a part in it. And then later I was sorry that I didn't speak my, my, my voice. But all of our voices matter. All of our voices matter. We matter. And that's just Absolutely. such a thing to say. Yes. Absolutely. It would be sad love, if you don't. Don't ever feel like that again. Your your voice is important. Uh-huh. And, and you, you do. You do touch people with your writing. You need to know that. Oh, thank I think you. you know that that. If, sometimes I don't. I think that we all, I think as, as human beings, we all 
we all have our ups and our downs, and sometimes we all feel like, am I being heard? Do I matter? Um, am I significant? I think that we all feel that way, and we need we need to lift each other up. I think that's so important to tell each other, I love what you have to say. You 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 got it going on. <laughs> we all need. I know sometimes. Sometimes we look for too many um, affirmations, but no, that's not what we want. We just want to know that we're significant with what we have. You know, we're we're making a valid point, and that's what you know I need to hear. You know, am I making a valid point with what I have to say? Is is my philosophy sound? And that's that's important. It really is. It is. Am I making a valid statement? If you ever feel that way, that way again, just give me a call. Oh, thank you, Nyla. I appreciate that. You are such a wonderful person, and I appreciate you. I really do. Oh, we appreciate you very much, and I'm really glad that you're here tonight, and I'm hoping that you will make more of a habit of it now. Thank you. Oh, I'll be more, uh, I'll be more uh, present in the future. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, honey. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you so much. All right. Looks like our last caller of the evening will be area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Unless 520-520, if you want to come on, please press 1. 419, are you with me? Hi, Nala. Hey, baby, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. It's been an awesome night. Yes, yes. The one I've heard of it, yes. Um, Okay, I'm going to do something uh, It's a relatively old old poem It's from from my first book Entitled Didn't Your Mother Teach You Better Than That And this poem was written Actually back in 72 Um, I was kind of active In a group called uh, Band 2 Which stood for that's the Black Association for Nationalism, Black Unity. And um, we, um, we we kind of tried to promote. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a military organization, and uh, we tried to, you know, promote, like, black history and stuff like that. Uh, and this, this poem is called The Human Curse. Um, I was conceived one human cell. I multiplied, developed well. I took on arms and legs and things and other features common to human beings. Nine months later, I kicked my way to birth. Then to show the world and prove my worth. I grew up fast in a pretty big town, did a lot of things, kind of got around. I went to school, didn't do too bad. Got pretty good grades, made my mama better. All the old folks used to call me smart, said they, they had high hopes for that young upstart. They said, go on, boy, and finish school. Show them folks you ain't no fool. Things ain't like they was in the past because this here country's changing fast. Time was when if your skin was black, that was just enough to hold you back. But your generation's going to pave the way. Black folk breaking to a brand new day. So I went on ahead and graduated and I got the dumb notion I was educated. I thought about college and it got right funny that I had the opportunity but I, I didn't have the money. I needed a job so I looked around at every place I went seemed to turn me down. I took my diploma and I shut it through the door and said, what in the hell do you think this is for? Can't you see that I'm a high school grad 
and on the first application that you said you had. Now you're t- trying to tell me that the job is full. On the phone, you didn't see that line of bull. But they just said, boy, don't you know you have a place? Other I've seen things slam the door in my face. After a while, I began to see that they had a lot of jobs, but just not for me. I got kind of mad. I thought about crying, but I knew if I was caught, I'd have to do some time. I thought about pimping and maybe selling pot, but my morals and my values sort of told me not. The time went on and things got worse. I became more aware of the human curse. They killed three good men for no damn reason, and all non-whites were accused of treason. War and destruction everywhere I turned. People killing one another while their cities burned. White hating blacks and black hating white in the name of the Lord for the sake of right. The friend is the enemy and the enemy of friend. Does anyone wonder where it's all going to end? Well, if no one does, someone ought. So here's food for the mind and seed for thought. I was conceived on human cell. The multiplied and developed well. A long time ago somewhere I read that maybe, maybe it was something that my preacher said. Please don't hate your fellow man. Love your neighbor if you can. Be always good, kind, and just. Keep the faith. In God we trust. In God. Wow. That was incredible. Thank you. Yeah, and as a woman, I can relate. Not in the same way, but in my in my way. You know, go go and just have someone totally just dismiss you. Yeah. Because of yeah. because for me, because of my sex for you. You know, it just mm-hmm. it's 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 pisses you off. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, and, and I, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to figure out a way to say, oh, well, it made me feel like I can't even find a word to make how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Irrelevant or invisible or just, yeah. So yeah, that, that struck a chord with me because I've experienced that type of stuff in my life as well. Yeah, they look at you, but they don't see you for who you are. They don't even see you. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Are you going to read two, my darling? Okay. Okay, this is another oldie. Uh, It's called uh, Revelation. I may have read it before, I'm not sure. But if I did, it's been quite a while. It's called Revelation. Perhaps, Perhaps I shouldn't tell you this, but then... I think it's clear that I have longed to kiss your lips and, and long to hold you near. You see, each time you're close to me, I suspect you realize that I am trying not to say what, what's showing in my eyes. I feel a certain warmth within each time I see you smile. There's something in the gentleness that, that penetrates my style. And when you're in my presence, there's a fragrance in the air. There's something like, like panacea, a cure for all despair. I have no right to feel this way to, to need and want you so. But it is wrong to love someone and, and never let them know. And two, I guess I always knew in time that I'd reveal that I was trying to hide from you the way I really feel. Perhaps I shouldn't tell you this, but, but then it's plain to see that my emotions run amiss each time you're close to me. And poem. Wow. 
You're just on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like you're the flame. I'm the fire, you're the flame. <laughs> oh, perfect answer. You get two points for that one. <laughs> that was smooth. All right, so here, tell everyone how they can find I'm you. I'm a Scorpio. I can't help it. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can reach me at um, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on All Poetry under Melvin D. Johnson. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for closing out the show so amazingly. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week. Yes. Perfect. All right. You have a good week, honey. Thank you. You too, Alex. All right, everyone. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's been an amazing night tonight. I want to thank you all for being here. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show with a piece by Gregory Schwartz. It's called Burnt Gathering. And we will see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. A suspended collection of mindless rhyme, and sometimes I am iambic meter time. An inactive collection of interactions, cognizant of a great distraction. A useless collection of regrets and apologies, a lesson that nobody needs but me. A lithe list of listless accomplishments, they waver in the wind, they're rigid and bent. A pocket full of broken promises, the cheating heart loves dishonest. A timeless collection of broken clocks that get in the way of a world that never stops.